in the scriptures, you will see numbers. And these numbers have meaning. These numbers have specific meaning within the scriptures. Not like, you know, the divine author picked numbers at random. These numbers, anytime you see them in scriptures, will point to something. You know, example, I think a lot of people know is seven. The number seven is perfection. You know, because seven days in a week, uh, you know, our Lord says you must forgive 70 times, seven times. You know, it's, it's, it's perfection. It's not a specific number. It's the ultimate. You know, that there's, there's nothing greater. And that's, by the way, why 666 is the devil's number. That's the number in Revelation. Because it's, six is imperfect. It's one less than perfection. And as I said, uh, when we talk about the, like the holy, holy, you know, we say holy, holy, holy. You know, so it's the most holy, the holiest of the holy. So 666 is the most imperfect of the imperfect. So, I mean, you see that you, if you really study like some of the numerology of the scriptures, it's quite fascinating what messages are there that, we, that are in plain sight. We don't really see them. Well, of course, we know the number 40 is an important number in the scriptures. And it's, we see it in our first, first reading or at least implied in our first reading, where it was Noah at the end of the flood. Well, how long was the flood? Forty days. We see Israel, who was wandering through the desert. How long did they wander through the desert? Forty years. Our Lord was doing his fasting. How long was he fasting? Forty days. We see that number 40. And so we've grabbed onto that number 40, and we, we carry it for Lent. Because our Lord fasted for 40 days. So we fast for 40 days during Lent. Now, if you count the calendar, it's more than 40 days. But it's a, a symbolic 40 days, even though the period of Lent is longer. But it's still a, a period of fasting. Because that 40 days is a purification. 40 is a number when we're talking about purification. So our Lord's 40 days in the desert was a period of preparation and purification. He was preparing himself for his ministry by undergoing this purification, this cleansing. You know, of course, he, it followed up after his being baptized by John the Baptist. Again, purification, being cleansed. So that should tell us what Lent is about. Lent is a period of preparation and purification for when we can celebrate the Holy Triduum, the Sacred Triduum, Good, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter, those three days together. And it's also a time of preparation and purification for us to prepare to go out and proclaim the good news of the gospel that we see our Lord himself say, repent and believe in the gospel. That's the fullness of the proclamation of the gospel right there repent and believe and that's what we need to do during lent is to repent and believe we need to hear those words for ourselves so that we are ready to go out to do it for our lord go out and proclaim the gospel for our lord and it's the same as the flood that noah underwent was a preparation and a purification for the earth. 
the second reading says, this prefigured baptism which saves you now, it is not a removal of dirt from the body, but an appeal to God for a clear conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The flood washed away the evil that had infested humanity. Washed it away completely. The only ones who were saved were those who, were, who had not fallen for the evil. You know, when you read the, the story of Genesis before the flood, you see how horrific it was. It was a very difficult, painful time. Lots of violence and hatred. Kind of sounds like our time in some ways. Lots of violence and hatred. And God washed it away. Well, of course, we hear in the story that he won't do it that way again. Instead, the flood prepared humanity, began the process of preparing humanity for the coming of our Lord. For the coming of our Lord, who gave us baptism, who washes away the evil of original sin from each and every one of us. Well, Lent is a time that we can allow God's grace to wash away the wickedness and the evil in our lives. None of us is free from sin. We might want to think we are. We might want to justify ourselves. But we each have that stain of sin on our souls. We each have those temptations that draw us to sin. And this is a time to remove that, to take action to remove that. And so we do that through these different things we do. I've talked about it a little bit on Ash Wednesday. But things like fasting and abstinence. The giving something up and doing days of fasting. Now we don't do, you know, like fasting from meals. There's only two days throughout Lent that we do that. Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. But we can do more. We can do more than that. We, of course, can abstain from something. And as, I, as I've, I've said a couple of times now, do something that maybe is a little bit painful. A little bit stretching us. Just a bit. Like, just like a good, good stretch. You know, like you stretch. It, there's a little bit of pain there because our muscles are moving that really don't want to move at that moment. Well, that's the same thing that our abstinence should do. It should move us in a way we might not really want to go. That's what I mean by, by painful. We do, you know, we undertake actions for spiritual growth. We do reading. We've got a bunch of material on the back table there to read, including a new book on the, on, on the Eucharist from uh, Bishop Barron. Pick those up if you haven't already. Read them. This is a great time to get into spiritual reading. Get, you know, to, to, to dig deeper in our spiritual life. Of course, to spend time in prayer. And that leads, of course, to the sacraments and to sacramentals, devotions, things like that. You know, we've got the sacrament of confession. Baptism and confession are intimately linked. Just as baptism washed away original sin... The confession washes away the sins we have committed since. You know, we need that washing. We all do. Eucharist, of course, coming to Mass, even, you know, especially on a daily basis if you can. You know, I keep emphasizing that. You know, as much as I enjoy celebrating Mass privately, me and Jesus, it's much better when there's people here to receive our Lord in the Eucharist. Prayer before a crucifix. Crucifix is one of the most powerful sacramentals we have because it is the image of our Lord himself crucified. That action that led to our salvation. You know, and, and prayer before the crucifix is a very powerful time of prayer. And then holy water. That's why we've got that holy water font back there. Uh, 
get, get some of that and, and use it to bless yourself in your home, just like we do when we come into church. Bless your house, sprinkle it around your house. You know, to, to keep the devil doesn't like holy water, he really doesn't like it. And so, you know, sprinkle enough holy water around that it burns if he's going to come after you. You know, things like that. These are things we can do to prepare, to undergo that, that preparation that we need. Because ultimately, this everything our Lord does is to lead to our Heavenly Father. Everything he does is to lead us to God. He does, you know, again, this is from the second reading. He died for our sins that we might not be cut off from him. And so Lent is a time for us to put our focus back on him. Again, I say it so many times, but our lives are focused on everything but him. You know, we focus so much on our world and on the things going on, and we're so upset about what we read in the news and what we hear about in entertainment and this, that, and the other thing. Lent's a time to put our focus on him and let all that deal with itself. Let all that mess deal with itself. Lent is a time to heed the call of our Lord. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That should be on our lips every day. Repent and believe in the gospel. And we're saying that as we're looking at the mirror at ourselves. Repent and believe in the gospel. Me. You know, not you. Me. We all need to say that. One one problem that we can have, especially those of us who were born and raised Catholics, is we can get into spiritual complacency, where we forget that we need to set aside the things of the world and turn our lives to God, to repent and believe in the gospel. And so we can use this season to overcome that. One thing I would say is that we all should be practicing Catholics. Now, that word practice, that phrase practicing Catholics is one that sadly in recent years has kind of gone under justifiable mockery because you'll often hear say, well, I'm a practicing Catholic and I believe something the church doesn't actually teach or something they want the church to change to say. We have a lot of politicians who like to say that I'm a devout Catholic. I was an altar boy. And the second someone says that, by the way, do the opposite of what they say after that. Because they never say, I'm a practicing Catholic, and I go to confession every week. I'm a practicing Catholic, and you should go to you know, Eucharistic adoration. They always say things like, the church should change their teaching on, on marriage, the church should change their teaching on, on women priests, and all these other things. If, if someone says, I'm a, I'm, I was an altar boy, and just tune them out at that point. It's just not worth it. But we should be really practicing Catholics, actual practicing Catholics, Catholics who practice our faith daily. You know, there's a reason, you know, we, there's jokes about, you know, lawyers and doctors say they practice their profession, but it means they're doing their profession every day. It doesn't mean that they're still trying to get good at it, though I've met some lawyers that probably are still trying to get good at it. And doctors do, let's be honest, but not anybody present. Um, but they, they practice, they work at it. They do it daily. Well, we as Catholics need to be practicing Catholics. We need to practice our faith. We need to practice just as a sports player 
whether it's you know basketball season is finishing up with the tournaments or baseball season is professional baseball season is getting ready to get started they practice and if they want to play they practice hard and if they want to become great at their particular sport they practice even when they don't need to you know i was uh, just you know, the other day, I was hearing an interview with you know, a professional baseball player. And he was saying he was excited because it's pitchers and catchers reporting time for spring training. Spring training is beginning. And he was excited because now he could actually play the game instead of just practicing and working out. You know, because they spend their offseason, as soon as their last game is over, they start putting their focus on the next season and start working out, you know, how can they build better, you know, better muscles, better strength, better accuracy, better control, whatever it might be. Well, we as Catholics, we need to be like that. We need to be practicing to get better spiritual strength, better, more spiritual growth. We should be seeking to get deeper and stronger in our spiritual life through the grace of God, of course. The spiritual life, it always comes from God. But we need, we need to participate in that. We need to practice it. So Lent is the time to pick up the ball, so to speak, to overcome that spiritual complacency that's set in, that, that complacency that allows us to sit here like this and I know everything and I don't need to do more. No, no, none of us should be like that. We should be seeking to go deeper in our spiritual life. Because otherwise, we just drift through the spiritual life. It's like a, the opposite of the jacket. You know, when we come in here, we take off our jackets and we put on our spiritual life. And then when we leave, we leave our spiritual life here and we put on our jackets. It shouldn't be like that. It needs to be we go out and we practice that faith. We should in, in ask ourselves, when is, the the, when is the last time we did any sort of spiritual <laughs> discipline or practice, a devotion, uh, um, you know, the sacraments, the sacramentals? Is it only on Sundays? Or is it something we're doing daily where we're picking up prayers, we're reading the scriptures, we're spending time in front of the tabernacle or, or a crucifix? We're taking time for God in our lives and practicing our faith. And of course, we have you know, one great devotion I would encourage during this Lenten season is Stations of the Cross. Every Friday, 5.30, we come and we walk with our Lord. That is a great spiritual devotion. But ultimately, just like a sports player, we need to practice our faith. So we can overcome that spiritual complacency. So that we can wash away that effect of our sins. Because while, you know, like I said, basketball season's about done, tournaments are going on, our spiritual season lasts our whole life.